0: next thing I want to talk about is possessing the promised land today. Um, And it kind of goes along with a little bit, really, even what I've been talking about, because I'll tell you what, God's love, let me say this, is fearless. God's love is absolutely fearless. There is no fear in his love. He is not afraid. You know, I I remember this one time. Well, let's go to Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2. Let's go there first. You know, when you look at things from Jesus' perspective, and all things are possible, you have nothing to fear. Meaning, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how horrible it looks... From his perspective, it's not a problem. It just is an opportunity for a miracle. And so sometimes we just, we look at problems as problems. Rather than opportunities. Rather than opportunities. Okay, in Hebrews chapter 2, it says this. Um, verse nine, I'm going to read it in the NIV. I don't like this version. Hold on. NIV. NIV. Where are you? Okay. (laughs) Choo-choo, glory train. All right. All right. He says this in verse, uh, uh, let's start in verse 14. It says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Let me read it again. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. All right? Now, First of all, it says here that Jesus, through his death, accomplished something. That Jesus' death, I mean, it accomplished a whole lot. But this right here, it literally says that he broke the power of the devil. And part of what power the devil had, say had, was the power of death. So, prior to Jesus' death, death had power. And death had power, by the way, through another power. It says this, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. So, the devil had power, and his power was death. He had the power which was death, and death... Had its power through the power of fear. So it was fear of death that leads to death that gave the devil his power. Amen? So fear is not just an emotion, fear is something. ...that is designed to control. Fear's main mode of operation is control. It is the slave master. It is the manipulating spirit. Now when you say control and manipulation... ...what that means is it exerts influence... Its job is to exert influence over what you believe and what you do. It wants to lead you like a slave. And if you fear something, typically <laughs> you flee it, you run from it, right? And so it's designed to spur you to action. And oh, by the way, an action that is contrary to life. An action that is contrary to heaven. An action that is contrary to love. Now, fear manifests itself in all kinds of ways. This week... I'm really enjoying just being a part of Josh and Cass's journey, just this, this, what God is doing with their finances and with their faith in their finances. I'm just enjoying being a part of their journey in general. I mean, I've been in, in with their journey for years. And I'm enjoy- I enjoy it. I'm especially enjoying this particular leg. It's a really enjoyable journey. And I, I'm enjoying just the, the faith that they're feeding into this body, into my heart, and I, I'm so proud of him. But, you know, Josh was talking about his journey. I'm just going to share a little testimony he was sharing this week about how, let's talk about it with finances for a second. See, fear's aim is to control your thinking as it relates to provision. And it manifests in all kinds of different ways. It manifests in us hoarding and not be willing to give. It manifests in its extreme manners and stealing. (laughs) It manifests in greed. You know, there's a lot of different ways fear manifests just in the area of finances. And so Josh was just talking about this. You know, they are learning to trust God for everything. And he was just talking about how You know, they had had this blessing come in. I mean, like unexpected, they had paid a bill and really didn't know how it was gonna really get paid. And then this blessing comes in and then they had extra and then they were gonna take the extra and apply it to another bill. They were gonna hold on to it, but then they had another bill that was due right that minute. And God just spoke to him and said, you know, why are you holding on to that? Why can't you believe Why don't you go ahead and pay what's due right now and then believe that you'll have what you need when the other bill comes due. Are you following what I'm saying? So say you've got $500, you've got a $500 bill that's gonna be next week, but you've got a $500 bill that's due today. But in your mind, you're thinking, well, the bill that's due next week is really more important than the bill that's due today. So you start to manipulate, your thinking begins to be manipulated Because there's a fear there, what's the fear? That you will not have provision for tomorrow. And so it begins to control you in the way that you are making decisions. I'm telling you, that's what fear does. It controls the way you think. And I will say this, it's usually unbeknownst to you, or to me. You know, going into, honestly, into about the same time, even just the financial stuff here here at Prayer Mountain, God said to me, Chalice, you are going into a season of absolutely kicking the teeth out of fear. And I mean, I remember when I said it, I was like, wow, okay, let's do it. All right, that sounds great. You know, but it's subtle. You know, sometimes it's not. I mean, sometimes, I don't know about you, but I mean, I've been in the middle of the night before and a a spirit of fear come into the room and I mean, you wake up and your arm, you know, your hair's on the edge of your, your arm and you're, "Ah!" and you know, in the name of Jesus, you know, I've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And you rebuke it and it leaves. But most of the time, the manifestations of fear are not that frontal, all right? They are way more um, undercover. They're covert, and they're in our, embedded in the ways of the way that we think, and in the ways that we interact with others. And you know, even in our relationships, relationships are absolutely influenced by the spirit of fear. And we we disconnect, and we withhold love from each other because we're afraid of each other. Now, whether we call it that or not, or whether we recognize that that's what it is, right? But love always is for connection, right? And love and faith is not worried about tomorrow. All right, bless you. Okay, let's go to Matthew 6. I mean, is the word of God true or is it not? And at what point are we going to begin to rely on it rather than just it be a theory? Okay, it says, verse 19, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, those dang vermin, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Meaning the way that you see things, the way that you perceive things will control you. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Let me say it another way. You cannot obey God and obey money. And both of them have a voice. Both of them have a voice. Therefore, in verse 25, it says, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. In other words, they aren't, they aren't preparing for lack. Okay, they're, they're saying don't store up treasures, don't prepare for lack. They're not, they're not preparing for lack. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you worry by, can you add, can, wait, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? How, see how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor is dressed like one of these. And here's, what, here's what's happening here. It's, it's exalting God. Matthew 6 is exalting God. It's exalting who he is as the provider of the universe. It's just exalting the ability of God to provide for his creation. And that provision was included when he thought of creation. He didn't make creation to function in lack. Lack is like cancer. It is a cancer in the universe. It is not the intent or even the thought of God poverty is financial cancer and it says this so do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things the pagans are provision minded the pagans are are money minded The pagans are concerned about money, and they chase it, and your heavenly Father knows that you need these things, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So let me say this. We are not designed to live in the future. We are not designed to project ourselves. We are not supposed to project ourselves into the future in a way that will cause worry. Now, prophecy is the opposite of that. Living in what we call around here the fourth dimension, which means living in the imagination where the promises of God have been fulfilled over your life is the only future we've ever been designed to get into agreement with. And so when when your eye is full of light your body is full of light, that means that you are seeing things from the perspective of heaven invading your life and you fulfilling the call of God on your life with everything that would ever be needed for that to happen. That's how you see your future. You know, Jesus was so confident that the cross was in his future. He was so confident that he was walking out and seeking first the kingdom of God that he, I mean he could he could think in the midst of any kind of trial, in any kind of of, of test, he could access the mind of his father. You know, he could sleep in a storm. You know, the other day I just had this vision of, because the reality of it is, I mean, I have personally been walking through this whole financial thing. I mean, you don't get called to something. You do not. I mean, you just don't. You do not get called to anything in this life with the ability to financially afford it. God is not calling you to do something that is just big enough for you to do. It wouldn't be a call of God then. It would be a decision of you. God is calling you to do, to make the earth look like heaven. He's calling you to rebuild the desolate places. He is calling you to rebuild the lives of broken people and in all kinds of different ways. He's calling you into business. He's calling you into you know, education, and into Paul, whatever he's doing, whatever, whatever vision he has put in your heart, there is a vision in your heart right now, whether you believe it, where you know it or not. You have dreams. You have desires to give things to people. You have, you have, you have so much um, potential that God has put inside of you to make a difference. Everyone in here has a desire to be significant, to do something that makes a difference. And guess what? It's going to take more money than you have. And so we can either be like the Israelites who came out of the world system. They came out of slavery. They came out of bondage. They came out of being controlled by fear. That's what slavery is. It's, contr- it's absolute control through fear. It's intimidation through fear. And circumstances try to control us. Numbers on bank statements try to control us. Unpaid bills, bill collectors, all of these things that come our way, they have a voice and it is not the voice of faith. I can't even tolerate that talk. I've come to a place in my life where if you're gonna start to talk that way around me, you will get into a prayer session. I mean, you can ask Brian. I mean, I literally leave the planet. I will leave the planet, go into the heavenlies, and thank God for the abundance of all things. I will begin to just pray. You saw me. I can't even, I can't even, I can't even have a conversation about how things are going to go badly. Because they're not. You were not your idea. Nobody in this room, you thought of yourself. You didn't think of yourself. You didn't think, oh well, maybe when I, you know, you might have a dream when you're kid. Well, maybe I'll grow up. Like who knows if that's even your thought? You know, it takes us some maturity in walking with Christ to even figure out that well, God's been talking to me the whole time. I just thought it was me. You know. And let me say this too, when you are on a path where God has called you to do something and he has called you into the deep, he's called you to get out of the boat, he's called you to to, to be you, (laughs) okay? Called you to manifest the glory that he has placed inside of you. This is not going to be in the presence of you know, heaven on earth, because you're heaven on earth. So it's going to come from within you. It's going to come from you. You're going to be the conduit of it. So he's not going to put you in the promised land. No, you're going to actually release the promised land. You're going to birth the promised land. You're going to make the desolate place like the Garden of Eden. You're carrying the Garden of Eden. So just, you have to be prepared. I mean, you know, no matter where he's calling you, he's not calling you into something that already is there. You're taking it and and creating it. It's called creating. You're planting the heavens in the earth. And so all of us have to make a quality decision (laughs) that... We heard God. (laughs) That we heard God and that that's enough. Because our job is to believe. What must we do to be working the works of God? Believe. You know, the hardest thing for us thinking people is to stop thinking. but your thinking is actually worrying it's not thinking because guess what your thinking is on the level of your plan and this isn't your plan it was never your plan you are a receiver you're not a you're not designed to 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 you're not designed to even just independently function. We are we are designed to operate by revelation. This is this is a revealed plan. This is this is a revelation. This is a this is a knowing that, that drops in your spirit. So the only thing that you can do is position yourself to believe, and to position yourself to receive. And let me just say this for those of you that feel like, well, okay, I wish I would have done that three months ago because now I'm really in a bad situation. (laughs) Okay, let me read some mail in here, right? Well, guess what? That's not the way God thinks either. He doesn't think, oh, well, I wish they would have done this three months ago when I really could have done something with this situation. But now, wow, now it's the midnight hour. (sighs) They did a bunch of stupid stuff in between now and then. Really made a mess of it. Oh, goodness gracious, what are we going to do? Let's, yeah, the lights out are in heaven now. All the power's been drained by your stupidity. You know, there is grace that is sufficient for our stupidity. I'm just saying, we are growing in grace. We are growing in the knowledge of glory. We are growing in the knowledge of who Jesus is. We are awakening to the truth of heaven on earth. It's not like, like, and then we get upset with ourselves because we don't know how to be like God. And like think God's expecting us to be like him so that we can do the thing for him. That is not Christianity. We are a conduit for heaven. We are a, a pipe line for heaven. <laughs> We just get into position and be, you know, like some of the best prayers I've ever said in my whole life is like, God, if you don't do this, you know it ain't getting done. If you're looking for me to do it, we're both in trouble. I talk to him like this all the time. And he, I think he just, he's thankful. He's thankful that I recognize that I am clueless. Like, unless he shows me your, you you know, this is, it was your plan. (laughs) It was your idea. You know, we question like, are you sure? Like we're Moses, are you sure I'm the one? Are you sure that this is really what you said that we're supposed to do? Just believe. The how and the, all of that torment, fear. And it's a manifestation of control. It's a manifestation of trying to control your future. And the reality of it is, you know, you really don't want the future that you're controlling. Like, your best idea is still probably poverty. Your best idea is probably not scratching the surface of what God has planned. You know, and we get false security in things in the world. We have false security in things like insurance. You know, I'm in a, we're, my family's in a place where we don't have insurance, you know, and Brian and I have had all these discussions about this, you know. And all of the thinking is so jacked up. It's such a, I mean, I'm not saying don't get insurance. I'm just saying let's recognize that it's not the kingdom. There's nothing wrong with doctors, I mean, in and of themselves. I mean, thank God for doctors because most of us live in so, so much fear that if we didn't have a doctor, we'd be dead. <laughs> I'm just being real thank God for the plan B's because we don't have faith to live in the kingdom. Uh, But I just, you know, you guys, and I said this last week, this life is temporal. This fear of death, this fear of something, of death in general, we aren't even going to die. We're not dying. Guess what? I know that, We're not dying. We're not going to die. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. Death is not in your future. Death, where is your sting? It doesn't have a stinger. We are not going to die. So any even thoughts that we might be having about, like, the power that death has over us, it has no power. Paul said to, to die is gain. You're better off dead. That's the truth. I said it last week. We have so many, like, wrong ideas about, like, this life is all there is. And therefore, it has power over us that it was never designed to have. This life has never been designed to produce joy. This life does not have the power to produce joy. Jesus is joy. A person has the power of joy. Circumstances were, I mean, come on, really? I mean, how long are we here? What are we doing? Live. 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 Throw it all, put all your eggs in one basket. Just, 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 just risk it. Yeah. If there's no fear, well then why not? Well, I don't know where I'm going to live and I don't know what I'm going to wear. And oh God, I don't know how I'm going to have a car and I mean, come on. Do you think you're going to change the world with that mentality? You're not. And if there's, let me say this. There is, I can't even say it, but I'll try. A mediocre existence, that's your dream, America? A retirement plan, you know, a golf cart, (laughs) a cruise. know there's a reason why Hollywood is miserable and it has nothing to do with fame famous and miserable household names and miserable so much money they don't even know what to do with it miserable why because it doesn't have the power to bring joy. It doesn't have, doesn't have the power to bring wholeness. Let me just say this. Nothing in all of creation has the power to bring joy and to bring wholeness. It can mask it at best. It's called the walking dead. It's a mask for death. It's a temporary Pain reliever at best. I don't know about you, but I don't want to treat the symptoms. To put some money on it. To put a relationship on it. To put a Gucci bag on it. (laughs) Trust me, I was walking dead. Paul said, I've learned to abase, I've learned to abound, and I've learned to be content in all things. Now, contentment is not um, complacency, contentment is not passivity, contentment is rest, contentment is relaxation. Contentment is the absence of worry. Contentment is the place of faith, where you know it's already finished, that God has already declared it over you, the end from the beginning, and there's nothing that any circumstance can do to stop it. So you can be content. Because Paul finished his race, did he not? And he learned to rejoice in prison. I know you guys think, well, I don't want to learn to rejoice in prison. Well, that's your problem. I mean, I'm telling you, in Christ, prison can be fun. I can actually envision it. I actually can envision having fun in jail. I think it would, I think I'd enjoy myself. I really think, I really think I could do it. Don't y'all think I could do it? I could do it. I really could. I could find Joy and love and purpose in prison. I love the story that Andrew said that when somebody got a hold of one of his teachings, I can't remember which one of the, book, which one of the teachings it was. I think it's a better way to pray. It is, it's a better way to pray. And I love this story. He said that when the, that there was a woman in solitary confinement that got a hold of his teaching, that the primary purpose of prayer is the enjoyment of God and that our first ministry is to Jesus. Here she was in solitary confinement, I mean, totally depressed, totally thought my life is over, I have no reason to live, they might as well just go ahead and execute me now. But when she started to recognize that, wait a minute, I was born to give God pleasure, I was, go- I was born for fellowship, I, was- I don't have to be doing something to have purpose, She said that her whole life changed. She just lived every day in the presence and the glory of God, just giving him glory and worshiping him. And she had a purpose, to glorify Jesus. Isn't that good? You know, let me say this. The present is precious. This, This moment right now, the people sitting next to you, They are precious. The relationships that God has put in our life are precious. You know, taking a walk is amazing. I mean, I'm sorry, but cleaning your bathroom. I'm just, you know, we've got to stop exalting certain things and thinking that joy's gonna come when everything's good. By whatever definition of good, which still isn't heaven in our minds. Because even when we think it's good, it's still not heaven. And we, do you understand what I'm saying? It's a mindset. This is a mindset. It's a joyful mindset. And it's it's learning to be content and trusting God that tomorrow he's going to be there too. I mean, I've I've had to walk through some things. And you know, those experiences of walking through things have proven the faithfulness of God. And even if you're in the middle of something where the faithfulness of God hasn't been proven out yet, keep walking. Day by day by day by day. Because when he says that he works all things together for our good, he actually does it. The problem is, is that we don't really see what the good is that he's doing. Checking my time. I don't know, I just feel the Holy Spirit is like, so, like encourage you, just encourage you, encourage them, encourage them, encourage them, encourage them, encourage them, encourage them. First of all, you're not crazy. Okay, the dreams that God has put in your heart. Okay, you are not insane. He just wants me to say that you are not crazy. See, the mind of Christ seems crazy. Some people think because he picked you, he's crazy. But you're not crazy. You've heard him. The hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 tells us many, many things that have been done through faith. You know, when Abraham, you know what he did? He hoped when there was no reason to hope. When all human reason for hope was gone, Abraham hoped anyway. That means no matter how bad it looks, no, how bad it gets, you can hope. You know what? You heard God. Abraham was fully persuaded that God was able to do what he promised, what he initiated, what was his idea in the first place. He didn't go to God and say, God, make me the father of many nations. And the reality of it is, is that the God dreams over your life you didn't ask for. Even if you think you did, they didn't originate with you. So... Believe. What does belief look like? What does belief look like? What does it look like? What does it look like in your life? What does it it look like? Some of you are standing for other people. Some of you are believing for promises that God has spoken over other people, for identities that are over other people, children, relatives, loved ones. See your future. Through the eyes of the promise. That's what belief looks like. You know, I was driving down the, the, the pass yesterday. I wasn't even thinking about it. Driving down the pass, and all of a sudden, flash into my head, four new tires on my car. It's like, oh, you're right, I do need new tires. All right, okay, thanks for those new tires. Kept on driving. I got new tires yesterday. Isn't that great? So what are you gonna get today? What are you gonna get today? See, I got new tires yesterday. You're like, well, where are they? On my car, can't you see them? It's nothing but time. It's nothing but time. I don't know. Can you guys see the prayer mountain property up in the mountains? Can you see the people coming from all over the earth to experience God? Can you see them getting transfigured in the glory? Can you see them getting sent out all over the planet and changing the world? (laughs) Can you see the 24-7 worship? Can you see the the song of the Lord and new creation worship and, 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 and songs that renew the mind with the finished work of Christ coming from this house. (laughs) Can you see yourself doing the things that God has called you to do? Look at it, live it, see it, breathe it. It's real. It ain't nothing but time. So here's the question. When do you become it? Now or 10 years from now? From God's perspective, it's right now. He already sees it. Let your eye be single. See what God sees. Because he dreamed it completed. Give yourself little faith props. Draw it out on paper. See the, see the vision as it's completed. See it. Just write it out. See it. You know, just write your, get a vision board. You know, go get one of those little, three little, you know, those big things that kids use. You know, they have three pronged things. And begin to just draw it out. Draw out the future that God has already completed outside of time with you in it. See the impact that you're gonna have in the earth. See the multitudes of people whose lives are gonna be transformed because you didn't turn back when things got tough. Do whatever you need to do to believe. Make that vision plain and run with it. And then guess what? Believe for one another. Because guess what? This version of you is not who you're going to be next week. Amen? All right. I I also just want to share this because I'm just seeing it. Just see see that. You might as well do this too. When you see it all finished, you might as well draw the dollar bills being attracted to it. Because let me tell you, money is attracted to glory. And there's not a single thing that God had in his mind that he didn't provide the provision for. But let me say this, what you see makes a difference. I don't wanna start, I don't wanna wrap this thing up with fear, you know, I don't wanna say, you know, I don't wanna do that, but the reality of it is, the sooner that you get in agreement, the sooner you will see it. God's not up there with some magic wand controlling the times, the days, and the seasons and saying five years from now, I'll let you have that. It's according to what you believe. So just go ahead and see the money coming and just take steps of faith. No, I got. I have to have you guys. We have to believe. We need a corporate. We need a corporate environment of faith. You know, I'm so thankful, and I'll I'll wrap up with this. But you know, you know why I'm so confident. It's because I had a spiritual daddy. Who came to Chicago with two hundred dollars, well, hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. We heard this story so many times, it would change, you know. But, you know, he'd come to Chicago with $199.99, living in the basement of Mrs. Jones, and they didn't have no money. Veronica, she didn't buy a dress for five years. Boy, we we rolled the L down to that church on Lake and Pulaski. They stole my guitar, then they stole my car. We used to have to sweep the beer bottles and the liquor bottles out of that place. Smelled like a cigar before we'd have church. Man, when we moved from Lake and Pulaski over to Oak Park, everybody but five people left. Then we outgrew that and we had to go over to, I forgot the name of the banquet hall they went to. It's kind of a weird French name, but boy, we had to have intercessory prayer in the bank vault through the kitchen. Smelled like fried eggs while we were praying. But we were faithful 6 a.m. before every Sunday morning at 7 o'clock service. We were in there praying in the bank, smelling like eggs. Then God said, buy that mall. I said, who are you talking to? You know they're not gonna give a black man that mall. So we marched around that mall. We had to go talk to the mayor, and man, the whole time we were talking to the mayor, the cleaning lady was in there with the vacuum cleaner on. We knew that was demonic. I couldn't even hear what I was saying. I had to ask that lady to step out of the room so I could talk to the mayor. And God told me to go in and say this one thing to the mayor. Next thing you know, he's calling on the phone, and next thing you know, a black man's in the mall. (laughs) But that mall was really ugly. That thing was like from 1971, and it was 1987. We didn't have any money to do anything. We raised $400,000. Still a miraculous thing how we did it. But then God told me to give it all away. I cried for three days. (laughs) But then I obeyed and the mall got built. So every Sunday I would come into church and they'd converted four movie theaters into these You know, architectural had won an award for the ceiling. And, you know, I'd sit in there. When I first started going to the church, the mall wasn't totally done yet. So it still had some 1970s ugly to it. You know, but I sat in there week after week after week after week after week after week. week, And the DNA of that man got put inside of me. So you'll never convince me that what we're doing here is real. And you'll never convince me that a single human being can stop me, that a group of people can stop me, that people's opinions will stop me. And I just wanna get that into your DNA. Because you're called to great big things. And if you're called to be a part of this ministry you're called to a great big thing. Amen? So, let's get up tomorrow. I don't know about you, but I hit the, I hit 2014 running. But not running aimlessly, like one buffeting the air. Matter of fact, I was sitting in my room yesterday, and I was really enjoying my quiet time, kind of studying before pulse last night. Then I was tired, thought I'd take a nap. I didn't know what I was going to do. But I was so enjoying it. I was like, God, you know, I just need more of this right here. He said, well, honey, if you want to have a little mountain church, you can do this all you want. He said, I'll bless it. I'll bless it. I'll bless it. You can have a little mountain church. Do this all the time. I thought, ooh. Okay. Well, that's not what you called me to. No, it's not, but I'll bless it. Okay. All right. So this year... The grace, probably that was always there, to diligently seek God and organize your time on what around the things that he has told you to organize your time around. Okay, for me, it was a very specific, this does, that you do this, this day, this day, this day, this day, this day. This is how you schedule your day. And you start these days with an hour to an hour and a half on the floor with your team on beanbags thinking and meditating and seeking and just being. Now that was my cadence. I'm not telling you what your cadence is supposed to be But I'll tell you something else Daddy Winston told me. He said, if you are going to break through any ceiling, if you're going to go to another level, you're going to have to change some things. Structures, habits, and relationships. Because the structures you have on the level that you're at right now are not going to support the new level. So that means the organizational framework of your life is going to have to change. Secondly, habits. Guess what? I've been up at 530 at the gym. Why? Because I need to run my race healthy. And I'm not going to make it to the finish line out of shape. Because what I'm called to do is going to require me to live a long life. Now, I know I've got divine health, but I need muscles. Right? Because I don't want to be tired. I want to have energy. Right? So habits. What habits? What you gotta you gotta you gotta eat to fuel your body. Whatever the habits are in our lives, there's grace for you to get in alignment to be who he called you to be and do what he called you to do. And then lastly, relationships. There are relationships right here in this body, right around us. God's going to be bringing you and crossing your paths with people that are strategic for what he's doing in you and where he's taking you. And we just need to be open to that as well. Amen? All right. I gave you a lot to chew on this week. So, amen? All right. Dream well. Amen? Amen? Live in the moment. Don't be afraid. Get that fear stuff out of you. I tell you, as, as God's been telling me about this fear, I can sniff it. Woo! I can sniff fear. I can discern fear in myself, in the atmosphere, you know, and then I have to be really, I have to be led about how to address it. Cheryl, do you have something? Talking about the dream, I just wanted to share last week, I was driving home and I just started singing dream, sang it. And it was a hard week, but the Lord just, I mean, I had peace after that. It was amazing. And it was just the song dream, 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 and just kept singing it. And the Lord, I mean, it was just, in in other words, like, you know, you think you got to pray some prayer to get you out of the funk. I just started singing dream, dream. And I just said, Larry, that night, I said, I got peace. I have such peace. I mean, it just overtook me. It was awesome.
1: And it was the and that's this what God wants out of us. Yeah. Um,
0: I'll say this closing, and because I, I, I feel like this is a corporate word. Coming in 2014, God said, write the vision and make it plain. Whoa. Write the vision and make it plain. For us, this is the other reason why the finances are so important. I'm not, I, don't, I don't have time to be playing catch up. I don't have any time to be praying about the rent not being paid. Because I'm not praying about it. I have to be praying about where we're going. I have to be seeing where we're going. And I am planning on spending more money than we have right now. That's, that's the way I think. I'm not going to be moved by a bunch of stuff that is temporal. Um, but writing that vision and making it plain, that means write the business plan. That means... Write the investment prospectus. It means get the website, right? Get the Facebook page. Do whatever you need to do to get it written and plain and communicated because the money will be attracted to it. Amen? All right, somebody else had something? Okay.
1: We'll close. I just want to tell, like, um, I just, like, God reminded me, like, I prayed, like, years all the time in tongues more in the morning and i I just noticed how it really filled me and how much i had like relationship i just saw so many healings and all that stuff and so i just started again really like doing that again and i just want to encourage you because people just came to me and they got just healed like i don't know many how many i don't want to like brag about me but i want to brag about god what he's doing through you when you pray in tongues and just Yesterday, that was so cool. Like God just really stretched me. I went to this meeting, and um, we were like in front. Like He picked people. Out, like He said, like come in front, and I tell you someone who you prophesy, and you don't. I don't know this person, and you don't see. And in that moment, I get like back, stomach, and my knee, my right knee, gets so hot. And I'm like, okay, God, I don't know, but I just trust you right now. What you showing me, and I. And this person had everything like this. And then I went to her and we prayed. And her move, you could feel how it was, like moved. And she's like, I feel the same. And she got totally healed. And I thought that was just cool. And I just want to encourage you, just pray in tongues. It's, we're praying a lot of time like in, our, uh, like in our normal language. But God wants us to pray in our heavenly language.
0: Amen. Amen. All right, well, Father, we thank you that this is a supernatural week. We're making supernatural progress. I thank you that um, I just see walls being punched through. <laughs> so I I see perceived blockages just being totally annihilated this week. Uh, I just thank you that kingdom strategies are being received. I thank you that identities are being uh, revealed. Hmm. I thank you for Materialization of things that are unseen being brought into the scene. I thank you, Lord, just for enlightened eyes that are dreamer. I thank you for dreamers. I thank you for dreamers in our midst, for visionaries in our midst, yeah, for disciplined dreamers. yeah. And I just, I thank you, Father. There's just a, I see this is the word over over this week. Go for it. That's the week. Go for it. Amen. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, you guys are blessed. Love ya.